podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Here we are. FBL has officially launched for the start of the new season and it has been one heck of a chaotic day, I can tell you that. Uh, I'm joined uh, on the, uh, well, not on the eve, it's actually happened now, on on Christmas Day, as you called it earlier, Mark. That is FBL game launch. We were supposed to be joined by Sam from FBL family as well. Um, we kind of were hoping, anticipating that maybe the game would launch a little bit sooner this afternoon uh, before she had to go and take one of her kids dancing. So uh, we've had to empty chair her. We've stuck an advert in her place for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, it's just me and you, Mark. How are you doing? It's been a bit of a crazy afternoon, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a sort of afternoon where once you press F5 a certain number of times, you sort of do question everything um but um it's finally arrived we've all got our ids um you can see people in the chat already posting just a series of numbers <laughs> yeah brilliant let's uh fpl is live let's bring it on let's dive in well we should just say that um fpl has only gone live within the last sort of 10 minutes so um this stream is very much going to be a kind of diy kind of thing so if there are any technical issues do let us know and we'll do our best to resolve them as and when they happen but also um neither of us have actually really built our teams yet we've both just gone in and done our best to try and get the best possible uh, id that we can and uh so let's let's start there i'll start in the chat uh, so what I've got on the screen right now is a uh, screen grab from FPL on, on, on my computer. I haven't built my team yet. I'm going to do that in front of you guys. And you can help me if you like. Because um, I literally just made my team name A. <laughs> so I could just get the quickest number I could. Um, and so, yeah, my, my ID is 5601. Uh, what are you on, Mark? It is... See, uh, it's about 6,000. 6,046 because... Despite all this, I still typed in a team name, which was dumb. That you got, you got to just put A, my friend. That's the way just to go. <laughs> and that that that's cost that's cost a lot of places. There we go. It could cost you top ten k. I'm, I'm hopefully it won't. I'm I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, let's have a look in the in the chat. We've got Ke Kev Mac got an ID of six. I mean, wow, well done. That's amazing. Um, we've got uh, FPL Ohadari got uh, eleven thousand two hundred and eight. Um, he kept refreshing and was hoping for at least four digits. Unfortunate there. Um, Thomas Harrison got 960. Uh, Ripadaman Singh got 4,507. Brian got 6839 and auto picked Cancello and Tony, which is quite funny. We're going to come on to some auto picks in a minute. I'm going to show you mine because I, I haven't even looked at it yet. I literally just hit auto pick, done. Team name A, safe. So I don't even, I don't even know who's in my team yet. Uh, we got 4638 from Fatal1TY. Uh, we've got 
yeah, that's all so far. And then, yeah, some of you in the chat are wondering how you get and find out what your live ID is. Uh, it, you basically go to the Game Week History on the right-hand side, just under where you score your points, and it should show you in the URL in there. So it's a lot easier to find out on desktop, for sure, than it is on the apps. So, yeah, that is uh, the uh, ID situation. Sam Brogdon got 7418. Um, so I am now going to find out who's in my team because i just got no idea at this point. I have also got Cancelo in my team. Uh, no uh, no Tony, unfortunately. So hopefully you guys can see that on the screen right now. Yeah, you can. Um, I also just randomly chose who my team was. I promise you I'm not a Man United fan. Um, Reading wasn't an available option. Neither was Plymouth Argyle, so I was a bit stumped there. But yeah, so my team at the moment is Edison, Virgil, Cancelo, Stones, Chilwell, Anthony, Kulishevsky, Trossard, Luis Diaz, Callum Wilson, captained, Gabriel Jesus... Um, Allison on the bench, Shaw, Havertz, and oh, it did pick Tony. Uh, I've got Tony on the bench, so thanks for that, uh, FPL. We are going to go through and we're going to start um, firming these teams up into something a little bit more um, sensible in a minute. Um, Mark, can you tell us who, who's in your auto pick team? Yes, it is Edison. It's a great start. Uh, <laughs> Edison and Pope. James, Virgil van Dijk, Cancelo, Ruben Diaz, Luke Shaw, Havertz, Mount, Luis Diaz, Schlei, and Bowen. And then up front, Jesus, Watkins, Tony. Wow. It's actually quite a good forward line for football, but perhaps not for FPL. It always goes for players between 7 and 8 million, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think this, we should keep record of everyone's auto team and see whose auto team does best at the end of the season, maybe? That is a great shout. I am going to screen grab mine now because I am about to absolutely tear it apart. Um, and uh, yeah, go looking for some of the players uh, that I have talked about on some of the other streams. Um, I, I have no idea yet what price uh, Flecken is at Brentford, but I really want to find out because I really want it to be 4.5 and then for Brentford to sell mm -hmm. Raya, so... He's on my uh, radar. Any you were talking earlier about Arsenal defenders, I think, uh, Mark. Are you going to go searching for for Ben White, Zinchenko? Do a bit of a price comparison there. Yes, I mean Arsenal all around. The prices seem cheap, but White is the most expensive one. Oh, is he? Oh, wow. Yeah. What price is he? Ben White's five five. That means wow. not only is Zinchenko five million, but Gabriel and Saliba are also just five million, um, which incredible. is surprise and the Brighton goalkeepers are well they've bought one as well but Sanchez Steele and Verbruggen all 4.5 which is promising oh wow all the Brighton goalkeepers are 4.5 yeah wow that's incredible I think I think that's going to change a lot of people's plans to be honest oh someone in the chat 2k1 is saying Flecken is 4.5 can we confirm that let's go to the transfers page Brentford come on Ooh. come on <laughs> Yes, get in. There we go. Right, that's what we want. That's what we want. I've been saying all summer, we needed the game to launch at just the right time. Just before Raya leaves, prices are 5 million goalkeepers so that we can have Flecken at 4.5. That is, right, that's going to be my first transfer. Out you go, Edison. You just, absolutely no way. Flecken in. There we go. Done. First transfer made. That's nice and easy. Well, so let's just go back to those Arsenal players then for you, Mark. And as I said, just apologies. This this is going to be a chaotic stream because we're both sat here building teams. Um, yeah. <laughs> is Ben White 
no longer any thinking? I mean, I suppose you, the, the draft you were doing earlier was using Plan FPL, and we haven't been able to confirm if all the prices were exactly the same yet, so you might need to do a bit of work. But is 5.5 a bit too much to pay for an Arsenal defender, do you think, especially when you've got Zinchenko available at 5 million? Yeah, he was just sort of a general placeholder for an Arsenal defender. So either Gabriel or Zinchenko, yes, please. Yeah, it'll just be one of those two instead. Yeah. Totally. And um, yeah, I mean, Gabriel, I really liked owning him last season because even though he did cost slightly more, he, he had the goal threat. He scored three times and you just knew that he was guaranteed Whereas uh, to play, whereas Zinchenko wasn't quite... Um, at that level, be interesting to see how things happen this summer. Will, will Tierney stay at Arsenal, uh, giving a little bit of competition to Zinchenko there? But overall, yeah, there's there's definitely an option in that Arsenal backline. And also, if you've got a lot of defensive options but want their coverage, Aaron uh, Ramsdale in goal is five million as well. Ooh, that's not bad actually, because I mean he. The thing about Arsenal is they do they do concede a decent amount of shots, and so maybe with a player like him, you can get some bonus for some saves. What do you think? Would you would you be interested in him at that price? Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of the the fashionable thing is to say four point five goalkeepers, but uh, it's not always as simple as that. And if if none of the four five options stand out, then then you can at least cover one of the teams that you weren't able to cover elsewhere. And if if you plan on having Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Luke Shaw, all that lot. Well, there's there's only so much, there's only so many slots there. So if you're desperate to cover Arsenal's backline for that for those good early fixtures, then then you could do worse than off for Ramsdale. Yeah, I mean that's a fair point because I mean I was uh, having a look earlier when I was using Plan FPL um, at ways to just the teams with the best defensive fixtures, and yeah, Arsenal were very much uh, near the top. Uh, of that and I just looked at who else I had and I just couldn't find room so yeah but I mean I suppose now I mean as far as I'm concerned to be honest like the goalkeeper position is just locked down in uh, in Flecken now and I might even add Shikosha to be honest just because he's four million and he seems like the second choice so I'm going to stick him in um, I've got four million left to spend on a striker at this point you may have seen those of you just watching I'm 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 trying to fill a team in um, at the moment, um, I'm just trying to make it fit the budget. Uh, Cancelo needs to go, that's for certain. And uh, let's get in. Uh, who was I looking at earlier? I can't remember now. Let's just get another four million defender. So at the very least, I can hit save. So where's uh, where's Bayer gone? Oh wow. Okay, actually, now that I look at the entire Burnley defense, there are so many 4.5. So we got Al Dakil, Bayer, Egan Riley, Ekdal, McNally, Taylor. And Thomas, all four millions, with Roberts four point five, O'Shea four point five, and Vitinho four point five. Now Roberts is pretty locked in on the right hand side. Matson, we don't have a price for at Burnley, although will he be priced as a Chelsea player? Let's have a look. Uh no, I can't see Matson it well, let's just search the whole game just in case I've missed him somewhere. Because Matson obviously yeah, so Matson doesn't have a price yet, and he's not a Burnley player. It's, he was Chelsea loanee, so if they if they bring him back, uh, you know, permanently, uh, they will need to add a new price to him, and they probably would give him a four point five price. But it's just interesting there because Bayer, we know, is 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 very much locked in, and is a four million. There's lots of four million defenders in that Burnley defence. Can any Sheffield United fans confirm if George Baldock is there 
starter Ooh. because he's four million as yeah. well. So I had I had been thinking, looking at the prices. Yeah, we've got Basham, Bulldog, and Norrington, all as four million defenders. I I think it it looks as if um you know they they're sort of kind of almost throwing us a bone here with a lot of four million defenders at these clubs. It's the most number of four million defenders I've seen at newly promoted clubs that feel intentional because when you consider the fact that you know Bayer is you know is who he is you know he's done so well last year and is a very key part of that team for him to be deliberately priced at four million when you combine it with the fact that you've also got um. Bell as well, who's who's also a four million again, a key part of that team. It does it doesn't feel like the Lundstrom one. The Lundstrom one felt like somebody just in admin made a mistake, and then it was too late to change it once they realised that everybody was going to capitalise on it because that guy literally had never played in defence in his life. So that was just that was a that was a freak accident. Whereas when you've got so many of these newly promoted defenders, some of which are very important to their team, like priced at four million, that feels very deliberate. I mean, what do you think, Mark? Do you think they they want to give us a bit of a bone there to give us some cheap four millions? Yeah, I think by pricing Haaland and Alexander-Arnold as they have and, you know, gone to that extreme that we sort of doubted, you know, would would they really make Haaland 14 million? Would, Would Trent really be 8 million? The answer is yes to both, but to sort of counteract that a lot of players have been made cheaper elsewhere uh, some would argue maybe too many players have been made cheaper elsewhere but uh yeah the, the four million defenders is certainly one way in which we've noticed straight away last year i felt like what there was maybe just nico williams maybe patterson um but already there's a few potential names there and it's, it's early it's early in the summer still all sorts of names could come in. But yeah, each of the promoted sides, there's only two Luton defenders that are above 4 million right now. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It feels like they're giving us something, which I don't know. I mean, I quite, I personally quite like th- that from the 4 million perspective because, well, as anybody will know, I love a 4 million defend- defender in FPL. That goes without saying in many ways. But um, yeah, I mean, time will tell in terms of who else I need to get into my squad who... Uh, how many of those four millions I I end up uh, having? Because uh, because I, I did do one draft with Plan FPL where I had Bayer and uh, and Bell because I do think that those t- those two teams have the ability of keeping clean sheets at home against some of the lesser teams. Um, mm. Personally, uh, that's what I think. But yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I, those of you who missed earlier the earlier stream will will not know that I have deliberately gone without um, Mohamed Salah. So I have now built what is close to my previous plan and i don't think there's anyone here who i didn't already know that because a lot of these players we'd had prices revealed either in the in the last few days or martinelli came right near the end there were a few additional extra new prices that came as part of a a podcast uh that the official fpl put out and they were just in there so we found out edison was five five for example we found out martinelli was eight million so i've saved a bit of money on my previous draft because i've gone martinelli over erdegaard or saka because martinelli is just eight million and so, yeah, uh, and then uh, been able to save even more money knowing that Flecken is 4-5 and Strakosh is 4 million. And we, we hope and we pray that Raya is leaving Brentford. Maybe not for Spurs now, it would seem, but hopefully somewhere else. That would be, that would be nice because then we've got a starting 4.5 million goalkeeper or even 4 million goalkeeper at Brentford. And so my team currently is Flecken, Trent, Stones, Shaw, Bruno Fernandes, Martinelli, Sterling, Gross and Bermo. Harland, Jesus, with a subs bench of Bell, Bayer, and Antonio, and Strakosha, obviously. 
Um, and so it, the starting 11 is a lot more secure than that bench because there's no way I'm going to have Antonio on the bench. That feels like a bit of a waste of money. But that's what I'm looking at right now. And that's on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. What what are you, what position are you in, Mark? How's your uh, team looking? Um, yeah, it's it's looking it's looking okay because uh, there were a few placeholders earlier on, and now that we know some of the extra prices, like it is tempting to go Martinelli over Saka because that extra half a million could do some pretty nice things. And uh, yeah, sort of one initial thoughts are maybe having a team that's either three five two or four four two, maybe it just rotates per week. I don't know, but a fourth. A fourth defender and a fifth mid that have a good rotation. Who knows? Who knows? So many thoughts right now. <laughs> so many things. Well, I'll tell you what, to take the pressure off you, if you want to keep on building your team, I might just go through each of the teams and just see if we can pick out some of the prices that we weren't told in the build up and to see if there's any other secret little nuggets lying around. So um yeah. You uh, you you go and sit in your little team building corner <laughs> for a second which i i don't mean to banish you there but you might actually appreciate being able to just focus on that whilst i ramble on about some of the prices and I'll tell you what before i do that i'll just jump in the chat to see how people are getting on um big thank you to 2k1 who obviously helped us out with the 4.5 price on flecken um tino's uh fbl id is twenty five thousand three hundred thirty seven. um fbl prasim's id is four thousand eight hundred sixty three. so well done ahead of me as well inside the top 5k already well done my friend um and uh porth uh Louis, i'm very bad with the welsh pronunciation sometimes has pointed out that there's no de Gea in the game yet because uh well who knows what's going on with that contract situation right now but yeah let's dive into the rest of the teams to see if there's anything else that particularly stands out so um yeah as you said ramsdale's i'm just going to do this alphabetically so we've got ramsdale uh at five million uh, White, as you say, is is the most expensive Arsenal defender at five point five, and there are, there are some four millions at Arsenal actually. So Cedric, Tavares, and Trusty are all five, are all four million. Um, I mean, you know, if Cedric ends up getting signed by another Premier League team, that might be quite nice. He was at Fulham uh, of late, and Tierney at four point five. I mean, there's rumours of him leaving. You know, he could be a good price if he went somewhere else. Then the Arsenal midfield, then we knew a lot of this already. Uh, we've got Erdegaard, Saka, both at 8.5. Trossard's come in at 7 million. Havertz, we, we knew this already. We got this in advance, is 7.5. Uh, tr- and we've got Martinelli, 8 million. Not too many others stand out other than actually Nicola Pepe is 5 million. So what a fall from grace for him. Uh, and then Enketi is 5.5 million. So that's worth knowing. Uh, if 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 things conspire against Arsenal injury wise, but they do obviously have lots of players who could fill in there. So that that's uh, that's all for the, my initial reaction to to Arsenal. Let's have a look at Villa. Well, mm. we've got an entire Villa back four of four point fives, with the exception of Moreno. And so there was people earlier on wondering if we might get a um, maybe cash at four point five, and and we have we've got cash at four point five. The and interestingly enough, Moreno's coming at five million despite only getting seventy two points last season. Now, of course, a lot of that was in the second half of the campaign, and he was very very good. But their top two scoring defenders, Mings and Concer, both with one hundred and thirty and one hundred and ten points respectively. Both of them still 4.5. And the reason why that's quite exciting, to be honest, is because one of the best defensive rotations that we discovered when we looked at the fixtures when they came out was uh, Aston Villa and, uh, and and Crystal Palace. And so if you could get, we were hoping, if we can get some 4.5s there, 
that would be really nice. We never really expected it to come in the goalkeeping position because we kind of imagined that Martinez would be five million. If we could get it maybe in the back four somewhere, 4.5s at both clubs, that could be really nice. I'm just going to stick the, if I can, get the season ticker on the screen um, because that will help us out here just to sort of talk through that in a bit more detail. So, yeah, we've got uh, Aston Villa, start of the season, away to Newcastle, so you wouldn't want your, you wouldn't want to start your Villa defender, but Crystal Palace are away at Sheffield United in game week one. So you play your, Sheffield, uh, you play your Crystal Palace defender there. Game week two, you've got Villa at home to Everton when Arsenal are coming to Crystal Palace. So you start your Aston Villa defender there. Game week three, Palace have to go away to Brentford, but Villa are away at Burnley. Then uh, game week four, you've got uh, Palace at home to Wolves when Villa are away at Liverpool. Uh, game week five, Villa are at home to Palace when Palace are away to Villa. So you have to make a decision there. But then game week six, Villa are away to Chelsea when Palace are at home to Fulham. So it's a really, really nice um, set of rotations there, which works really well with 4.5s. And we've got it. We've got it with the defenders because you could you could put Cash in, you could put uh, Consul or Mings. Um, you know, we, we might want to just double check on uh, who's definitely going to start because Diego Carlos was brought in, of course, to be um, a big presence there, but had a season-ending injury, so wasn't involved. So he could potentially come back in. So it's worth keeping an eye on preseason there. But loads of four point fives, which you could rotate with. And let's just jump to Palace just to highlight that, um, because what we've got we've got Gay, Mitchell, Anderson, Ward, and Klein all in at four point five, with Richards, Tompkins, and O'Brien all in at four million. So. That's a really nice uh, pairing of, of 4.5s there. So thank you very much, FPL, for giving us some 4.5 Villa defenders. Um, I'm going to skip over Bournemouth. I'm going to try and go for the teams that we're probably a little bit more interested in, um, despite the promise of some alphabet alphabetical priority. We kind of know everything we need to know about Brentford. Let's have a look. Yeah, Brighton in full then. You've already alluded to it, Mark. And we've got both the goalkeepers. Well, we've got three 4.5 million goalkeepers at Brighton with Sanchez, Steele and Verbruggen. I mean, I suppose off the top of your head, you don't really know necessarily who's going to be the first choice, which may have factored into the pricing there. But that's that's really helpful because whoever does emerge, you know, it, you know, as the starting one, it is going to be useful, especially in a context where Estupinian and Dunk are both five million. We've got Veltman and Webster at four point five. We've actually got Lamptey at four million. Now he has historically struggled with a bit of fitness, so maybe that's not going to be useful. But it's worth knowing. He's, I'm going to have to stick him in the best 4 million defenders video when we make that one. Because, um, yeah, that's a lovely price. Then uh, we knew a lot of their midfield already. So we've got Gross at 6'5", we've got March at 6'5", Matoma at 6'5". Caicedo's at 5 million, but we perhaps expect him to not be around too much longer. But in CISO, 5.5 million midfielder. That, I think, is going to excite a lot of people if we can get a fix on how often he's going to start, which you'd imagine is quite a lot because he did end the season very well. That's probably... Mm. The most uh, exciting there. Then in terms of their forwards, Welbeck and Ferguson, both 6 million, and Undav, 5.5. Um, we've also got Connolly at 4.5, Jao Pedro at 5.5, and Shakiri at um, 4.5. So that's the rest of Brian. I see that Mark has sent me an image on Slack, which I'm going to assume is his team. Um, and it is. It is. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get that in the stream. It might look a little bit messy because this is, as I said, all, all very much on the fly. But such is such as you know, such as FPL launch there. So that's how it goes. So uh, yeah, how was that, Mark? How was that building your team? Are you still got Salah? Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not too different to earlier, but it's it's. There's a couple of slight differences there. I'm still on a on a more Salah team, to be honest. But there's still plenty of time for that to change. Um, instead of Solly March six point five, we've now got in Cizo. 
5.5 as a fifth midfielder. Um, Calvert-Lewin still feels a bit risky because, well, he's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But <laughs> um, the other, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with the rest of the team so far, but with the proviso that it's going to change about 100 times over the summer. Um, that's very true. Always does. And they've sort of stolen your flecken um, idea. <laughs> I don't mind being a trendsetter, my friend. It's okay. If that put, if that works out for your team, you can just say you got it from me and then I've won that as well. So I don't mind. I, I'm happy for you to copy me. But then I have a look at some of the names. I re- like Sun, I was quite a fan of, uh, of Sun's price, but haven't found a way to squeeze him in yet. Although there's some nice price points for him. Sterling, again, it would have been nice. Maybe Martinelli over Saka, that, that extra half a million could, could do something special um oh, by the way this team that i've sent you there has 0.5 in the bank oh nice so yeah s- s- some of the guys like yeah Cavalier and Cizo could easily be somebody else but yeah then chose ekdal as a four million defender from burnley he's he seems to be uh i think he joined them in january Yes. And seem to be a regular player for them, and a big fan of him from Football Manager. So <laughs> because of that loyalty, he's currently there as the four million defender of choice. But again, that could be anything. Yeah, it's a good-looking team actually um, that you've built there. And CISO is a five point five million midfielder. You've actually been uh, well documented on a lot of the content that we've done where you keep saying, you know what, I'm fed up of there being so many people moved into midfield and because uh, of a couple of, and Burmo is another one. And CISO, there he is. You got another one and another one and mm. another one and another one. What's your reaction there? I mean, you put him in your team, so I guess you're not all that unhappy. That was just well, one of the, I don't know if anyone else felt like this last season, but there were so many times when the number of attractive midfielders was quite high and forwards, not so much. And this year... <laughs> About five or six forwards have been converted into midfielders. So, if anything, that's. I think there's only Gakpo. I think only only two midfielders have been converted to strikers. So you've got Mbumo, Brennan Johnson, and Cizo, all that, going into midfield, and it's just made the debate even harder. So I think that's why three-five-two for the first time, um, for me might be the, the preferred formation to three-four-three. Normally, I'm a three-four-three guy, but it's just there's so many. There's <laughs> way too much, isn't there? Uh, but I mean, in a good way. I mean, the thing is, I like there being choice, and I, I don't know if that's just me, but I, I kind of like that there being lots of different ways to go, uh, because then it just kind of forces more decisions and it, it makes the template harder to um, to really. Uh, well, it makes the template harder to find, and therefore it's a lot more fun. Um, you know, trying to navigate that in terms of who owns what. Um, I just editorially, as someone who covers FPL as well as uh, does it for fun, I just love the chaos. I don't know. Do, do you have you found that, Mark? Since you've started working for Fantasy Football Scout, that when there is more chaos, you know, seemingly there is more editorial angles to cover, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's true. Uh, I mean. The chaos in general is not a good thing, but it makes it exciting and it makes the day worth talking about. So in that respect, bring it on. <laughs> there was a wry smile there. He's sort of like, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I like the carnage. Like, you know, you tried. 
No, but I, I get it. Like I do get it. Like it is it is hard work, but um, that's just how it goes. Let's have a look at who else we've got. Do you want to um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about um, Calvert Lewin? I suppose without wanting to be too derogatory of him, um, what would it take for you to move him to someone else? Um, and because uh, in the six million bracket, actually, tell you what you talked about price points earlier on. Where do you see that price point uh, moving forward? Do you see other assets in the same price point you could shift to, or do you just fancy the player? Um, in terms of the six million price point, there's there's not a lot. I, I've got the list of forwards here. I'm a, just on on here, ranked by price and six million. There's there's Wissa, Johan Wissa. That was the other midfielder to forward. Um, but if you got Mbumo, then you don't want to. I, I wouldn't want to have both. Um, Evan Ferguson, Danny Welbeck. Well, as good as Ferguson looks as a as a talent, rotation risk there. Antonio and Ings. Well, all three West Ham strikers are six million. Maybe if one of them is clearly David Moyes' preferred choice, then that, that's an option. But even just going up through six point five, you know, it's it's not going to be Aubameyang or or Marshall, is it? And I'm not, not a Solanke guy. Seven million, Lukaku, and Nicholas Jackson. Maybe Jackson potentially, but uh, really going to have to keep a close eye on Chelsea's preseason there. And then when you go up to the seven point five eight million range, um, and there's nobody between eight million and Harry Kane and Erling Haaland, by the way. So there's a huge gap there. Um, you know, Jesus is a great option to be fair, but then I've already got Arsenal in midfield. Watkins, yeah, maybe Watkins. He's a good shout. Tony suspended and Kunku. Again, same with Nicholas Jackson. There's questions about Chelsea. Wait and see. If Pochettino has a clear start in 11 going into the first game week, then perhaps we can then commit to one of them. Uh, I tell you what, I've Gakko. just seen something. Just I've just seen something incredible, to be honest. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's it's on no. it's, it's on your subject. You're just talking through. I mean, wow! I've just seen Lukaku is seven million. Now mm. we don't we don't we don't know he's necessarily even going to play this year. But the, the Chelsea forward section is actually insane when you consider that it's got in it. Oh, where's it gone? Uh, Chelsea. It's all sort of like uh, it's all based around players who haven't played last year. So I'm going to scroll through. Aubameyang is six point five. Uh, Breuer is five. Fafana is five. Uh, and then we've got Lukaku at seven, Jackson at seven, and Nkunku at seven point five. Now you would expect that one of those guys is going to start up front for this team. And we don't think it's going to be Nkunku because we think that he's probably going to play a more midfield role. And maybe that means he's still a good asset, but. Aubameyang has some history. Lukaku has some history. I mean, Lukaku especially. We can all think of times when we've owned and captained him at previous clubs. And he has done well in Italy. If he was able to come back and relive his former days at 7 million, wow. That seems like incredible. And and that's not too far from Calvert-Lewin. So just to bring it back to what you were talking about, Mm. the Chelsea forward section alone looks very potentially tasty. I don't know. Do you share my enthusiasm? Yeah, because t- to go back to your original question about sort of Calvert-Lewin and, and what other strikers he could be, ultimately it, the answer might be a Chelsea. It's just uh, a question of which one because some of the other ones, for various reasons, just not really too high on. They're either suspended for 
six months or just have other more appealing teammates in midfield. So the Chelsea forwards, yeah, maybe. That's incredible. Well, tell you what, while um, we've just gone through that, I'm just going to go through some other teams to fill in some more gaps uh, for prices uh, to see if there's any that really leap out. Um, like, for example, I don't think has Zaha got a price yet. Or is, no, I don't think he has. Sorry, a lot of this is like finding things out on the fly. Um, Everton, mostly 4.5s in defence with Holgate and um, is it Branth Branthwaite as the 4 millions there. Uh, nobody more expensive than 5.5 in their midfield. Um, and nobody more expensive than Calvert-Lewin. Um, let's have a look at Liverpool in full. So Alisson, 5.5 with Kelleher and Adrian, or Adrian at 4 million. So if Alisson gets an injury... One of those at four million would be quite yeah. nice. Um, the rest of their defence then, so Alexander Arnold at eight million as we knew, uh, Virgil at six mil, Robertson six point five, and outside of that, actually very affordable. So Gomez four point five, Canate five million, Shimikas four point five, Matip five million, Phillips four million, and Vandenberg at four million as well. Now they're not really the defence that's really worth that kind of investment anymore. But if they were to turn things around. And you could end up with a 5 million or 4.5 million Liverpool defender on top of Trent. That might be quite nice. Then their midfield then, Salah 12.5, McAllister 6 mil. Jota is an 8 million midfielder now rather than forward. Fabinho 5 million, Henderson 5 million, Elliot 5 million, Luis Diaz 7.5, Jones 5 million, Thiago uh, 5 million. Um, I never know how to say this one. Bejatich Be- Be- um, or Badge. Ketic, if you wanted to completely forget what country he's from and just pronounce it like a ignorant Englishman, uh, five million, and then Shabozlai, that's one I do know, at uh, seven million, and then up front it's Darwin at seven point five and Gakpo at seven point five. I suppose we're still in the same ballpark as the Calvert Lewin at six million. I know it's a bit of a jump up to the Liverpool forwards, but um, do either of those interest you at all um, as potential alternative? I don't want to say alternatives to Salah because that's probably a bit too presumptive, but. Um, there has been a few people talking about them at that price. Yeah, um, Gakpo was sort of thinking last night could a could a Haaland Gakpo front line uh, be productive because that that would maybe free Salah's money to have a superstar midfield. So that's an option. Uh, Subasly seven million. Um, we've just done a scout report on him actually and he's got just this brilliant technique he's not afraid to take any long shots great ball carrier uh, also through balls are superb as well so he could just not only he not only could he be a good FPL asset but he could vastly improve the names around him so there's options there if Luis Diaz is he's been out for a long time but if he's seems to be part of Klopp's starting 11, then he's a great option as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, could be right. I mean, it's um, it's a good signing. It's a good signing. And yeah, if you haven't had a chance to read the scout report, then make sure you check that out in the coming days uh, on fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. It is uh, very, uh, very, very useful. Um, the scout reports that are up there. Uh, let's have a look at Man City in full now. So we've got uh, Edison at 5.5, as we know. But yeah, everybody else at uh, Man City goalkeepers all of them are four million so Ortega four million Carson four million Stefan four million so any kind of injury or you know 
bad form for medicine. That's going to be tasty. Then in defense, we've got Stones at 5.5, Ake at 5 million, Akanji at 5 million, Diaz at 5.5, Cancelo at 6 million. There's any way he can work his way back into Pep's good graces. It's a good price. Uh, Walker at 5 million, Laporte at 5 million, Rico Lewis at 4.5, and Sergio Gomez at 4 million. And so... I suppose Rico Lewis stands out there because he was getting used more and more towards the back end of last season. I actually owned him on the final day of the season uh, myself. 4.5 is a really nice price for someone who could have a bit of a breakthrough year this year. But I suppose it is City defence, which does potentially count against him. I mean, a lot of people are looking at City defence uh, for the first uh, few game weeks because their fixtures are really nice. Where do you stand on City's defence now that you can see the whole range of, of prices? And I suppose in the context of the fact that you haven't actually you haven't got one in your team uh, for now, I'm guessing there's some uh, concern at the back of your mind over only one of those guys. Yeah, it's it's just the usual pepperulette reason, unfortunately. And if if they do get Guardiol, um, he's been heavily linked from Leipzig. If if he does come in, then you know what does that mean? Does does Laporte get sold? And what does it mean for Ake? Akanji's price of five million is pretty good, considering he really did play a lot upon arrival like he seemed to be less of a rotation risk than some of his teammates at the back so Kanji for 5 million could be could be a good route in the clean sheets but ultimately I don't really want to second guess Pep and they probably will keep a lot of clean sheets but some other really good defenders as well and it's you just have to ask yourself is it worth the the, the hassle the, the, the chasing game I don't know which one. Which one are you? Which one do you like the most for City defense? Yeah, it's, it, I've got John Stones at the moment, and that's because he seems the one who's the most integral to the team because of all the things you just mentioned there in terms of the rotation. Um, if I if I knew that Stones was the most likely to play of all of them uh, for sure, then I would be willing to pay the extra point five. Um, and so yeah, that's why I've stuck him in, and it, it, he does play slightly further forward now in in. It's not an inverted fullback role because he isn't the fullback, but you know he's he's playing in that midfield, uh, deeper midfield role, uh, which which does have a bit of license to push forward as well. So I, I think he's going to get some assists this year. He's actually very good from set pieces, as uh, England fans will very much attest to as well. And so he's the one I've got in at the moment. I I'm, I'm uns, unsure if I'll necessarily stick that way um, because I've also got Shaw as well. So actually, whilst Mark was. Uh, going through his team I was going through my team and I've, I've tidied it up a little bit and so what I've done is I've actually got rid of both of my four million defenders um, because I had the cash to do it because Martinelli's cheaper than uh, what I was looking at earlier in uh, Plan FPL and getting Flecken and Strakosha is uh, saved me 0.5 as well and so yeah I've been able to get uh, Mings and Mitchell which would allow me to do that really really attractive defensive rotation between those two clubs uh if i ever needed to bench my third defender for example uh so i have tweaked things a little bit but yeah outside of that alexander arnold stones and shaw i sort of feel like i might end up with only one of stones or shaw but to be honest i don't know where else i'd put the money so maybe i'll just hold on to it that way i'm not sure because um I, with me I, I suppose i'm pretty sold on going without salah because of just the captaincy thing, right? So with the fix, the way the fixtures go, the only game week where I feel like I would captain Salah over Haaland is game week two when Liverpool play Bournemouth. So outside of that, I'm going to be captaining Haaland. And so then owning Salah and not captaining him 
to the detriment of other areas of my team feels for me what I want to do this year to be not the right call for my team and so it means that I can spend that extra 0.5 on stones if I want because I think most people would probably agree he's the one that if money was no object you'd rather have in terms of most likely to play his his field position is going to be further ahead than a lot of the others so it does sort of you know change how I, I answer that question I guess um, he, he's very much one that I, I quite like the look of but we'll have to see how integral he continues to be you know, he's done very well at the back end of last season. But as those of you all have watched the Champions League coverage will know uh, of the final, Pep very much is of the view that when the season's done, that's it, back to square one. So his new plan might not have stones there. So pre-season will be really important. It will also be really important for everybody else in the team. So let's have a look at the prices in attack because it's quite tasty, to be honest. We got De Bruyne at 10.5, which is you know pretty low for him, maybe impacted by that injury. Foden at 7.5, Mara 7.5, Grealish 7.5, Rodrigo 5.5, Bernardo 6.5. Kovacic is coming in at 5 million. We've got um, Cole Palmer is now a midfielder at 5 million. Calvin Phillips is 5 million. And we just got a load of players. A lot of them, I don't really even know their first name. So we've got Shea Charles, 4.5. We've got Maximo Peroni at 4.5. We've got Oscar Bob. Great name, 4.5. We've got Tommy Doyle, 4.5. And we've got James McAtee, 4.5. And then, of course, up front, Haaland at 14 million and Alvarez at 6.5. So, I mean, are you, are any of those take your fancy? I suppose Haaland is obvious. De Bruyne is, must be a wait and see. But what about some of those 7.5s? Borden, straight away. Um, Ooh, okay. if, if we hear, if, if, De, if De Bruyne, and we have the gift of time here. So if we find out that De Bruyne uh, will not quite make the start of the season. That doesn't in itself guarantee that Phil Foden starts, but uh, he's had a slight price drop there, and Mares has constantly been linked with a, a move to Saudi Arabia. So if, if one or two things happen there, Foden is a really interesting option for, for that good run of early fixtures. So yes, him and, of course, Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> Goes without saying. <laughs> Goes without saying. Said it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Foden is, is a good shout. And I suppose one other thing actually was interesting in one of the articles I was reading on Fantasy Football Scout because there's some good writers there. I don't know if you know that, Mark. Uh, there was a really good point made that uh, Pep doesn't rotate all that much in the early part of the season. And the way that the fixtures are going to fall is that we've got a Friday night game for them before the Super Cup, which actually is probably a decent enough turnaround for him not to make too many changes. Um, in you know, based on that, it's really game week f- uh, five that then uh, some other commitments come along. Uh, because last season it was something like seven or eight of the of the really key players started all of the first four games, and so if Foden does establish himself as that, you're probably less worried about rotation, especially in the context where Mares might not even be there. Yeah, and you bring up a good point there about Man City being the first match on the Friday night. So going into that first deadline, there could be leaks. Um, and I believe the deadline is still 90 minutes before this year. Just Ooh, had a that's a good point. Quick, yeah. Good check. A little flick through Twitter there. And yeah, it, half past six on Friday the 11th. Yeah, so it's still, they haven't made that gap bigger. So we could easily get some early game week one Man City leaks. And if, if, if Foden or someone like that is in the lineup, then that could be a very good short-term move that's the that's the only problem really because as you say they got the super cup coming yeah. up so but if you want a one week 
great start in that first week, then then aiming to get a Man City midfielder could be a good route into yeah. some early balls. Could be right. Uh, I'm just going to jump into the chat again because we've got a few questions and a few things just to pull out. So Nick Devon said, I told you about Cash 4.5 a couple of hours ago. He absolutely did. I remember that from the previous uh, uh, live chat. So well done. Well done, Nick, for pointing that one out and or predicting that one came to fruition. And yeah, it's uh, potentially going to be useful for, for my team for this season as well. Um, we've got a question from Kian who says, what's the strategy with goalkeepers? So we've actually both gone with effectively the same one. And so some people might have missed the early part of this stream. So um, Mark, what are you... What's your what's your plan with goalkeepers other than sort of I guess copy my idea, which mm-hmm. I say not too critical of you. <laughs> no, well the the old four point five four mil combo is where we'd like it to be because the money can do a lot of damage elsewhere. And as we saw last season with David Raya, the game's best goalkeeper is fairly often at that price, so you're not really losing out. By going cheap there. Um, I did mention Ramsdale 5 million earlier. And there's probably a few teams like that where if you're so so desperate to cover their defense, but there's no room, you could maybe go for their 5 million goalkeeper. But if it's from a top team, there's always the risk that they might not be called into many saves because the defense is uh, better in theory. But yeah, the, the 4.5, 4 million combo looks good especially straight away you can see Brighton Brentford Everton's fixtures are good at the start so maybe Pickford and Burnt Leno made a lot of saves last year he, he, he did really well in that respect so there, there's some decent looking and Fabianski is 4.5 for West Ham finally. as well he's finally back Fabianski at 4.5 used to be a staple of FPL teams either at Swansea and then at West Ham as well and he spent a couple of years at 5 million so satisfied to have him back like where he belongs mm-hmm. so the, there's there's decent enough competition there i think um to the point where you think would a five million goalkeeper be worth that extra spend when it could be used elsewhere that's the question we'll all have to ask really yeah, that's a good good answer there. And uh, I'm just going to also just point out, because uh, I'm just, just slowly going through all the teams and, and working out if there's any headline prices uh, to, to, to really zoom in on. Henderson at Man United, 4.5, and Heaton, 4 million. The goalkeeper situation is very much up in the air at Man United, so I'm not going to draw you into that one, Mark, because I'm, I'm going to guess you haven't spoken to David De Gea recently. But um, yeah, it's, no. <laughs> some potentially good prices there if things fell a certain way. Um, a couple of other questions. Uh, Harrison Bridger asks, thoughts on zero premium? No Haaland, no Salah, no Kane. Huge midfield with Madison, Son, Foden, Saka and one more. Um, what do you think of that? I can see you grimacing. Um, <laughs> I hey, think I know what your answer is going to be, but you know. There's no correct way to play FPL. That team... That zero premium team could do incredibly well. It really, really could. But I'd imagine that you'd have some money left over with that team, and in which case you could almost upgrade one of those players to Haaland anyway, or to Salah anyway. So um, going without Haaland in particular is very risky, um, especially with not that many forwards standing out right now. Uh, give it a go. Give it a go, Harrison. <laughs> Let us know how it how it ends up. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, we would love to know how that goes because, I mean, the, the players you can get in are quite quite good. I suppose my only... Oh, I've got two things here. Number one is captaincy. You you would probably find that hard most weeks and probably very scary as well because, you know, the premiums are still going to do well, you would say. And so when they are captain, they're going to be very damaging. And it's harder to pit, put the captaincy on someone who isn't the premium because usually they're priced because they can behave like a premium. Uh, the other thing is that actually um, you don't necessarily have to forego all of the premiums to get a relatively beefy midfield. And I mean, my team's still on the screen, Martinelli and Bermo, Gross, Sterling and Fernandez. I mean, it's not as beefy as what's being suggested there. But, you know, um, I've, I've still got Jesus and Haaland up front and, and don't feel like I've scrimped on my midfield necessarily. And I've got Trent too. So um, it, 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 probably what you need to do is look at all the premiums, decide which of the ones you feel like you can go without and decide which of the ones you feel like you can't go without and then maybe pick two of the three or three of the four depending on what your budget is in terms of what you've picked elsewhere that's probably what i would uh what i would suggest um one thing yeah sorry i was just saying one of the comments mentioned um balogun at arsenal following balogun ah oh, yes and only just noticed that he's a 4.5 million forward so if he if Arsenal do look to sell him to raise money for their other massive signings, um, if if he goes to a, another Premier League team, that I mean, we could have a starting four point five million striker there. That would be very nice. Yeah, I mean, this is what's great is there are so many things here that could uh, because of when the game is launched. I mean, every year it seems to get a bit earlier. I mean, I think this year it is a bit later because the season is starting a bit later. You know, we had to start early because of the World Cup. But on average, it starts a lot earlier than it used to. And it does often throw us a few uh, few bones. And uh, as I keep saying, Raya leaving Brentford appears to be the latest one. Um, and, well, Mount, for example, he's he's been priced as a Chelsea player, 7 million. And he signed for United today. So he, he'll shift over in a few days. So there's going to be a lot of changes uh, in terms of like who's playing where. We could end up with some nice little cheat codes uh, because of that. Um, I'm going to keep uh, cycling through the teams then sporadically. So let's have a look at Newcastle now because obviously they did very well last season. There'll be some interest in some of their players, even if they're a little bit more expensive. So Pope is 5.5, which I think we knew already. But if he gets an injury, we've got Dubravka, Darlow and Gillespie all at 4 million. So... Could have a four million starting uh, Newcastle goalkeeper. I'm surprised they're all four million. I would have probably picked one of them as a four point five just in case. But well, could be another cheat code. We have got uh, Trippier at six point five, which again we already knew. Share is five million, but Botman, Burn, and Target are all four point five, as is Emil Craft. And then we've got Mankio, Lascelles. Uh, I think that's Jamal Lewis, formerly of uh, Norwich, of course, uh, four million as well. And then Ashby and Watts, four million. Their midfield is actually still not that pricey. Um, we've got Almiron at 6.5, Willock at 5.5, Jolinton and Bruno Gamarej at 6 million, Longstaff and Murphy at 5 million, Anthony Gordon at 5.5, St. Maximan at 6 million, Anderson 4.5, Fraser 5 million, Richie is now a midfielder again, 4.5, Hayden 4.5, Hendrick 4.5, and up front, Wilson and Isak, 8 million for Wilson and 7.5 for Isak, which I think we knew, I, we knew Isak already. We could probably guess Wilson would be eight million. We have to talk about your team, Mark. Whenever we get you on, now that you've got the full pricing for them, I know you're going to talk about fixtures. I know you're going to turn around and say, "David, the fixtures are horrible." But here we are. You've got your entire range of prices for your team now. What's your reaction? Do you think they're fairly priced? Yeah, well, I think one of the big shocks is that Sven Botman, as we discovered um, the other day, is still only four point five million. 
And in the earlier draft that I did for you, it was him in the defense because um, if you don't need him for the first four or five game weeks when when the fixtures are hard, from that point onwards, you've got a very cheap route in one of the top defenses in the league, um, even though it did tail off at the end of last season. So, And there's, unlike last year, there is a much bigger gap between Botman and Kieran Trippier. So he is genuinely an alternative rather than just a double-up option. So that, over time, I think could be an absolute bargain. In midfield, Almiron had that purple patch, of course, but I believe that Newcastle's one of our major summer transfers will probably be to get someone on the right side, um, like the right side of the attack. So probably not him. And he was rotating with Murphy anyway. Bruno... Joel Linton, both six million. I quite like Joel Linton as a as an FPL idea, but um, still probably won't do it. He he got a few goals towards the end of the season. He's just scored on his Brazil debut, and Guimarães could the signing of Tonali uh, could in theory release him to play a bit higher up, and that's one of the theories about it because it, it could also be the other way around because Tonali isn't purely a sitting midfielder um, up front probably not going to go for either in all honesty Wilson's priced slightly more than Isak but you would think Isak's the number one and with Champions League um, a point about Newcastle in general is there is going to be European football this year so that could maybe lose a bit of appeal on the assets as alongside the price rises. So um, apart from Botman as a long-term option, probably nothing. Yeah, we talked the other day, didn't we, about how Botman could maybe sit on a bench waiting for the fixtures to get a bit nicer for Newcastle because he certainly didn't, wouldn't want to use him earlier than that. But, but there is a noticeable swing when they do get nicer, but I suppose that is going to coincide with um, a lot more involvement uh, in Europe. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a wait and see for Newcastle on the whole, and of course a lot of money in the transfer market as well. Um, another team that has historically spent a lot of money in the transfer market is Nottingham Forest, and, you know, everybody's priced relatively. Like, so we've got a one-year 6.5. He's probably the standout. That's probably too much. So we probably won't dwell too much on Forest. I don't think many of us are going to be looking at them, especially as their fixtures aren't too nice. Let's look at Spurs. Let's go through their list in full because we've got uh, Lloris at 5 million, Forster at 4 million, Austin at 4 million, Vicario at 5 million, uh, and Whiteman at 4 million. So Vicario has obviously just signed within the last few days. Probably means that Ray is not going there and we've just got to hope he goes somewhere else. Um, Because, yeah, to answer um, Alve it is in the chat, is Flecken locked? Pretty much. He's locked as long as Raya can can go somewhere else. Uh, the rest of their team then priced very kindly across the board in defence. So we've got Ben Davis at 4.5, Dyer at 4.5, Perisic at 5, uh, Royale 4.5, Romero 4.5, Poro at 5 million, who Mark was uh, extolling the uh, the virtues of earlier. Cessignon at 4.5, Sanchez 4.5, then uh, Regulon at 4.5, the forgotten man in many ways. And then we've got uh, Tanganga, Spence and Rodon all at 4 million. Then in midfield, we've got Son, 9 million. Madison at 7.5, which I think is a really nice price. I was expecting 8 million. Hoiberg at 5.5. Five. Kuliszewski, 7 million. Bentancur, 5.5. Five. We already knew that Richarlison was a 7 million midfielder. Skip, Basuma and Brian, all 5 million. 
uh, and Lacelso as well, and uh, Saar 4.5 with Kane at 12.5. And uh, we've also, just don't forget, got Ndombele at 4.5 um, in midfield as well. So at the moment, the only striker that they actually have according to FPL uh, is Kane because they haven't put Scarlett in yet. Could possibly end up being a, a team on FPL doesn't have a forward if he leaves. But yeah, anything leap out from uh, from Spurs? I mean, I suppose Madison's the biggest talking point that, that's new at this point in time. Yeah, because we've already spoke about Sun and um, his three million pound drop compared to this time last year, and he's a fantastic option. But Madison's also great. Kulisevsky, um, he's had a bit of a drop as well. Chelsea's preseason is going to be fascinating, but Spurs are another one because under their new manager, who um, is meant to be a what was the phrase you used? Was it chaotic? <laughs> it's chaos football. It was chaos how I described football. it. Yeah. Well, if he if he plays chaos football, then you probably want a seven point five James Madison, uh, or even a seven million Kulisevsky. So, the the Spurs midfield has a lot of potential there. And yeah, I'm a big Pedro Porro fan at the back. He scored three and assisted three. And he was only there for a few months. He started 13 times and he's got six attacking returns. He's just some of the underlying stats after his arrival. He's, he's the leading attacking defender in some of them. So a huge fan of his. Pleased with that price. Yeah, it's a good price. And for someone who doesn't intend to go for Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think he's kind of a a nice compromise. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he's he's a, a very exciting fullback playing in a team that isn't necessarily going to be offering incredible defensive uh, potential. And so actually, 5 million is actually quite a nice price because he, if Spurs had a better defence, 5-5 five, five would be fair. And, and sorry, when I say Spurs have a better defence, obviously what we've seen last season you know, is going to be a new regime. But as Mark has alluded to there, the style of football at Spurs this season is going to be very chaotic. And if you want more information on what that's going to mean for FPL assets, then do check out the Scout Report either on a YouTube channel, podcast platform, or on the website, whichever is your chosen uh, way of accessing our content. We've got it all in, in those different places. It's so fascinating looking at what Postacoglu is going to bring to Spurs. Mm -hmm. He is a very uncompromising, attack-minded manager um, who, <laughs> he, when he was asked if he would ever compromise on his principles in terms of uh, a game about, you know, would you ever compromise from attacking? He turned around and said uh, something along the lines of like, if I was a vegan and I was hungry, that doesn't mean I'm going to go to McDonald's. Which in effect means, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how hungry you are, you stick to your guns. And so... Yeah, that's very much how he is is approaching this. He's not going to come in and he, and stick everyone behind the ball. And uh, fullbacks, especially at Celtic, were a way that he was really um, just utilising them to the best of their potential. And there were some really nice stats with the Celtic fullbacks, which bode well for Porro. So go and check that out in more detail to save you uh, having to listen to very uh, detailed analysis of uh, Scottish Premier League team on a stream on a day when FPL launched. You don't want to do that now. Just bookmark that for another time. And yeah, very much uh, will help you understand why Mark is so excited about um, Pedro Porro. We've got two more teams uh, to, to have a look through to see if there's anybody else uh, of interest. And that is West Ham uh, and Wolves. So we'll do West Ham first. Fabianski at 4.5 million. As we said, he's back. He's back where he belongs. And our fixtures are actually kind of annoyingly like save potential there because they're not amazing and Fabianski is a, is a big shot stopper. So, you know, uh, that could be a good price if you want to go with a, 
you know, a big save man in the first few weeks and could end up being the guy with the most saves this season. You never know. Ariola is actually 4 million as well, by the way, which is potentially exciting if, if for whatever reason, Fabianski does lose his place. We've got Zuma, Cresswell, Kera, Aguerd, Sofal, Emerson and Johnson all at 4.5. So there's nobody who isn't priced 4.5 in the West Ham defence. We've got uh, Bowen at 7 million. Rice is 5.5, but we kind of expect him to be on his way. Benrahma, 6 million. Socek, 5 million. Paqueta, 6 million. Fornaus, 5 million. Downs, 5 million. Cornet, 5.5. Coventry, 4.5. And Vlasic, 4.5. And then we've got Danny Ings and Antonio, both 6 million. Skamaka, 6 million as well, but, you know, not really expecting too much from him, although he did have his injury. And then Mubama at 4.5. And so, to sort of, I guess, bring it back to your Calvert-Lewin pick, I mean, the West Ham forward line looks like it could be very well-priced this season. Now, they've got a few things to balance with uh, their Premier League commitments, of course, in the Europa League. But Antonio's got pedigree. Ings has got pedigree. You know, if either of those two can get back some of their, you know, FPL form of recent years, some of the best prices we've seen those two players in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very interesting, uh, interesting pricing going on with the West Ham forwards, all all, um, all six million, and even in midfield, yeah, Jared Bowen and Packeter sort of eased into things in the second half of the season as well. It's it's all about how they spend that Declan Rice money. Um. Yeah, Antonio could be a really interesting route into their into their forward line for sure. And when it comes to Aguerd, the the centre back, he what was it? He he had two goals and five big chances from eighteen starts. So his zero point two eight rate makes him the league's top defender of those of at least a thousand minutes. Nice, yeah. And uh, I suppose he's only one letter away from having the name Aguero, so he clearly must have some kind of uh, goal-scoring streak in him. Yeah, if West Ham... I mean, the fixtures for West Ham are really quite horrible at the beginning, but I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on what they can achieve uh, in that time. Bournemouth away is nice, but then Chelsea at home, Brighton away, Luton away, Man City at home, Liverpool away. It doesn't get much nicer until really game week 10 when they've got Everton, Brentford, Forest, Burnley, Palace in a row that's probably when maybe and that could be around the time people are wildcarding so maybe Aguerd is going to be um, the one to bring in at that time so yeah very that much was going to have an eye on him so I said that 0.28 was big chances per 90 by the way oh right yes yeah no, I figured yeah it's, it's a good stat it's a good stat for him like you, you always want a, a, a defender who's going to have that additional goal scoring potential let's have a quick look at Wolves I'm, I don't know I, I keep saying that I feel like Wolves could are either going to get relegated or are going to completely surprise everybody and finish in the top half of the season and offer some real good fantasy value so I'm not interested necessarily in any of their players at this point but I'm sort of interested in their prices just in case their players uh, surprise everybody so Sar is 5 million now, we um, kind of saw him have a very bad end to the season. So if he does lose his place, we got this is what's quite exciting. We've got Sarkic, uh, King and Bentley all in at 4 million. There's a lot of teams here where the substitute goalkeepers are just all 4 million in scenarios where maybe the first choice, who's priced slightly higher, might lose their place. So we could have a lot of 4 million goalies this year. So that's, that's the goalie situation at Wolves. Then nobody's priced more than 4.5 in their defence, but they're pretty much all 4.5 across the uh, across the board. we got got um, Hoover at 4 million and Bola at 4 million, but everybody else, so Giles, Bueno, Aitnori, Totti, Otto, well, well, Johnny, I should say, Semedo, Dawson and Kilman, all 4.5. Semedo, 
has done quite well in recent years, uh, as has Johnny. So getting them at 4.5, this is kind of what I mean. The prices here, if Wolves can rediscover their form of yesteryear, are actually quite quite exciting. Then nobody in their midfield is pr- priced more than 5.5. So we've got Pedence, uh, Huang, uh, who is now a midfielder, uh, Neto, uh, Guedes, uh, they're all 5.5. Then we've got Mateus and Lamina at 5 million. Uh, Zhao Gomez at 5 million as well. And then we've got Hodge, Chiquinho, Kundal and Jordao at 4.5. And then up front, we've got Fabio Silva at 5.5. We've got uh, Raul Jimenez at 5.5. Uh, and then uh, Kalajic at 5 million. So, I mean, I mean, they, they do need to reinforce, probably, especially going forward. And I'm just really saying this on the fly rather than knowing it for certain. But I, my understanding is that um, Jimenez's time at Wolves is... Is probably coming to an end and might leave. But again, if he was to refine his form, 5-5 is actually the price he came in the first season he was in FPL. And he was just a legend. I mean, I've got his shirt up behind me. And as much as Lundstrom is the one that gets all the plaudits, it was it was Jimenez that came first out of the two um, shirts I've got behind me because he really was incredible because of the price. You know, the season that he had was was good. But, if he, but when he was starting to be, you know, 7.5 up that sort of price... People were expecting more from him and they didn't get it. And it was really that price that drove his fantasy value. So that's quite nice to see. But I suppose it's it's probably kind of difficult to get excited about Wolves for now, would you say, Mark? Yeah, I think one thing. So the Collins, Nathan Collins has just been sold to Brentford. Yes. And I believe, and today has been so chaotic, haven't actually looked into it. But <laughs> did somebody say somewhere that Kilman could be off to Napoli or heavily rumored with Napoli anyway. So I might have a look. It, it doesn't um yeah you, you do you do worry a bit. I mean, it's at some point they're gonna spend that money and who knows, maybe it gets spent really well. And as you say, they get transformed to Ruben Neves money as well. And you know, surprise all of us because right now on paper it doesn't look certainly from an FPL viewpoint nothing's really standing out definitely not going to fall for pedro neto again <laughs> um, yeah the less said about that the better because i i was one of the big pedro neto um i was flogging him off to everybody last season um uh, you 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 yeah you're right actually i hadn't seen that myself because as you say it's been a very chaotic day uh from what i can see from a number of sources i would deem reliable um uh, and then the daily mail on top of those ones um it looks as if it's Spurs versus Napoli for that um, with uh, Maidenhead United, who I think used to have Kilman, uh, possibly interested in any kind of windfall they get out of that. So that that's definitely being reported around there. Um, so, yeah, that's not great because I would say I think he's their club captain now because I think Cody's leaving as well, uh, having previously been sort of phased out in what was one of the weirdest departures uh, from Wolves a couple of seasons ago. So I see what you mean. I mean, they are in a volatile situation. Um I still think they can surprise people. The players that are there aren't bad, but it's it's all very much what happens in that transfer window. They've if they start to lose some of those players, like the one of the type you mentioned, does that create a feeling of panic around the club where people go, oh, kind of feels like an end of an era here. Maybe a bit like with Southampton, you know, they clung on for a while and then they lost the last of some of their key players and then they went down. That could happen. That could happen. So. Yeah, that very much is going to be on my mind. Let's look at preseason. Let's look at who they're going to sign in the transfer window. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the 
the nostalgia in me is thinking, please, can we just have one more 5.5 million season for Jimenez banging the goals in and getting the assists? I would love that, but you know, we'll have to see. I know, yeah. I know he's not been tremendously popular even among the fans there because of uh, some of the ways that he's sort of conducted himself, I guess, in relation to like Mexico and things like that uh, in recent years. So, yeah, I'm not necessarily expecting it. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic about it. So, yeah, Stephen Hart. There's a lot of actually. There's a lot here saying it. Um, in the chat, actually. So, uh, Half Punk says, it's Daily Mail slur. Oh, oh, no, actually, he's talking about me. He's talking about me here. He's saying that I made a Daily Mail slur. Maybe I'll read The Guardian. I'll actually have everybody know. I read everything. I, I actually read everything from the left and the right-hand side of, of the media. And I would actually advise that to other people because then you end up with a nice balanced view. Uh, so, I do read The Guardian, but I also read The Daily Mail as well. Um, then uh, we've got Stephen Harker saying that he was under the impression that Wolves have financial difficulties yet. That's probably, like something to worry about too um leon mulligan confirming yeah maidenhead would get 20 percent of kilman if he was to go nuclear oh. atoms who is always doing a the, the lord's work in the chat um one of our moderators wolves are so uninteresting so i've clearly stumbled a, 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 across a really prickly area here so i guess uh i guess we i guess we should move on from wolves <laughs> before people get too upset with uh, the media sources that i uh, have opinions on um, let's go back to your to, to your team. I'm going to stick it back on the screen. Have you? I mean, it's fine if the answer is no because we have obviously been streaming. But have you made any changes in the time that we've been uh, we've been chatting through everything? Um, or any thoughts about players you you, you might want to switch? Well, yeah, I've got a 4.5 striker there at the moment, which is just Archer at Aston Villa. But if, for example, Arsenal did sell Balogun to another Premier League side. That that that's an easy switch. Um, sort of rashly put in Cizo in there, and have kind of liked the decision more in the half an hour since then. So mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, yeah, it's fairly pleased of it, but th- there'll always be a few names that get you a bit worried. So like not having Trent Alexander Arnold, um, will be. For that Bournemouth game, game week two, uh, that that's going to be a worry to go without that. And there's always the temptation to get a Chelsea fullback, but I think I've maybe fallen into the Reese James trap once too often. <laughs> um, and yeah, still not entirely convinced on Calvert Lewin as an option, but there's still plenty of time for him to either become, as we say, Antonio or any sort of arrival. To the Premier League. Yeah, so it's all very much in flux, isn't it, at this stage of the season? Uh, well, I say this stage of the season, it's actually day one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of changes probably uh, to come. Uh, Henry Allen has put thoughts on Jesus. Now, um, I'll see if I can get my team back on the screen because uh, currently um, that's that, that's kind of almost, I guess, a question for me because I've got him at the moment. Uh, he was one of the first people that I put in my team, actually, um, because I just love that price. I think that at 8 million which if I'm not mistaken is the price he started off last season. Uh, he has just the capability of just being, I mean, I think an auto-include right at the start. I mean, let's just have a look. His, his team selected by at the moment is 29.8%. Um, I kind of thought that would be higher, but I think he's being slept on a little bit. I think there's a lot of people who are very drawn to the Arsenal midfielders, and I am too because I've got Martinelli, and I could easily get to uh, to Saka or Odegaard now, now that I can save some money in defence. With uh, with Strakosha and Flecken, but I think you need two. I think I think you need two Arsenal attackers for the first couple of weeks because let's stick the fixtures on the screen. 
I think that you really want to be doubling down there because they start really nicely. So let's uh, put the, the season ticket. Oh, that's not it. The season ticket, there we are. So Forest at home game at one is literally the best home game they're going to have all season because Forest are officially last season's worst team away from home in the Premier League. So even the teams that went down did better than them. Uh, Palace away game week two. Fulham at home game week three. Man United at home game week four. You know, it's a big game, but Arsenal could still score goals there. And I suppose I could potentially lose one of my Arsenal attackers for game week four. Uh, and because and, it's really the first three that I want to double down. Everton away game week five, you know, you might want two again as well. And but game week six at home to Spurs. I mean, the North London derby always feels like there's lots of goals there, um, you know, especially for Arsenal when it's at the Emirates. So um, my thoughts on Jesus, uh, Henry, is that I, I think he's, I just think he's an auto-include because you've, you've got to have two Arsenal attackers, in my opinion. And the cheapest way to do that is to make sure that one of them is Jesus because he's going to be pretty locked in to start. He had an incredible start to the season. He had a really good end to the season was and was overlooked in the end of the season because all of the attention was on the midfield players. Now, some of the challenges last season was which of those Arsenal midfield players do you own? They were all very close together in terms of their underlying stats and their output as well. Uh, they were a lot cheaper last year. And so they were they were very much on the radar because they could make you big savings versus Jesus. Well, that's not really the case anymore because uh, Martinelli is the only one who's the same price as Jesus and Erdegaard and Saka are more expensive. So Jesus was the first Arsenal attacker I put in and then it was one of those midfielders that was the second one. So that's that's where I stand on Jesus. Um, it clearly isn't you know a strategy for everybody because um, you know, Mark's going down a slightly different approach, but I suppose maybe it depends on what you've done with Salah. You know, um, do you think if you were if you didn't have Salah, Mark, do you think Jesus would be a lot more easy to get in? Well, I mean, mathematically, the answer is yes. But in terms of your decision making, would you be looking towards Jesus if you didn't have Salah? Yeah, and, and even with Salah, just thinking like some of the good points you've made there. Like, if if for example, if you're not convinced about having Calvert Lewin as a striker, why not have that spot be Jesus? And you know. Possibly, I know two Arsenal's would be nice, but you know, downgrade Saka to one of the seven, like to Madison or Sterling or something. That could be a way around it. Um, there's certainly at least at least one Arsenal attacker. You would have to say two would be nice, as you say. Um, that opening fixture is just fantastic looking. Anyway, um, yeah, and he, he's. It's a lot easier without Saka, but you uh, without Salah. But even with Salah, there's um, there's definitely a way to do it. And if, if if not many strikers get added to the game between now and the start of the season, that might be it. That might be it, Jesus. <laughs> just because there's just not not a lot out there right now, in my opinion. Yeah, the forwards area is is pretty pretty bleak at the moment for sure. Um... We've got another question actually on this um, about uh, Havertz, which comes from Ethan that says, unless Havertz takes Jesus's place. Now, we've done a scout report on him both on site in terms of an article and also uh, on YouTube uh, and podcast platforms as well. Uh, so go and have, go and check that out uh, in whichever is your preferred format. And uh, very much what we found there was that what we understand from the press and sort of, you know, 
uh, ITKs, if you can call them that, in the nose uh, of uh, of Arsenal and sort of why Havertz has been signed. It does sound like he's not going to be, he's not been brought in to play centre forward or number nine, which is is probably music to his ears. That's Kai Havertz, that is, because it, it, he, I don't think he ever really felt comfortable as a forward at Chelsea and it didn't really suit his style. It very much contributed to his, his lack of confidence. And what we understand is that he's probably going to play uh, in the Shaka role, uh, which is basically the same role as Erdegaard, just on the other side, on the left-hand side. Now, as a side point, I think Havertz could have a good season. And at 7.5, he is cheaper than the other options that are there. And it's entirely possible that we, there comes a time this season when he becomes someone we really have to consider just because of that price. And the fact that him playing in that midfield role is going to put him in a position where he's much more comfortable, much more used to playing. And the, whoever does play on that side, there's some interesting stats where basically Shaka and Erdegaard were both afforded the same number of big chances last season, which means that Whoever plays in the Shaka role, if it's Havertz, is going to have the the same. Well, it, the law of averages would suggest that he's equally as likely to get goals from that position as Erdegaard did on the other side. Uh, and you've got to say Havertz is is. I mean, well, actually, I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble for saying this? A more confident finisher than Shaka. Maybe I will, maybe I will get in trouble for that. But he's he is clearly more of an attacker. So there's. There's possibility that Havertz is is involved in the conversation at some point, but it'll probably be deeper into the season when we've seen him settle in. But just to bring that back around to your question, Ethan, I'd be very, very surprised if Havertz has come to Arsenal to to take Jesus's place. So yeah, that that would be my view there. Um, we've got um, our first, I guess, RMT, our first thoughts of the uh, of the season. Uh, now the game is launched. We've got Lars, um, but but Belly, are you? If I've pronounced that wrong, please. Please tell me off in the chat. Um, Verbruggen, Dunk, Saliba, Stones, Shaw, Matoma, Erdegaard, Fernandez, Mbermo, Haaland, and Isak. So, what's your reckoning there, Mark? How does that team sound to you? So it's a, it's a one premium team with uh, with neither of the Liverpool premiums. That's fair enough. Double Brighton defense. Um, the big I suppose one of the big questions at Brighton is: Does Verbruggen immediately take the goalkeeper spot? from Steele and Sanchez um, or does he get eased in I'm sure we'll find out between now and the start about that Saliba yes Stones yes it's, it's, a, it's a good team it's um, strong all around Mitoma we just don't know if I think we touched on this yesterday he was highly owned for a lot of the final weeks but he actually wasn't particularly delivering the points it was purely because of Double game week, double game week, double game week. So now everybody's starting on one game per week. Is does that dampen his appeal a bit? Perhaps. Um, Odegaard, Fernandez, and Bumo, Haaland will find picks, and then Isak. Uh, yeah, it's a tough start for Newcastle. Um, but if you finish fourth in the Premier League, you probably got some sort of fixture proof. <laughs> to it um, so yeah he's a he's a quality player he was a 60 million pound signing so he's he's a good player yeah it's not a bad team it's very, it's very uh, brave and very bold which is nice to see as well because um especially we we often get accused sometimes mark don't we when we make this content of being too template so it's nice to see somebody going out on their own um we've got kimber r r r r r 
or uh, I suppose. Uh, Flecken slash uh, Alexander-Arnold. Oh, actually, no, hold on. I think this is just their 11. It's very difficult to get your team into the comments, so well done, people who've done it. Flecken, Alexander-Arnold, Estupinian, and Gabriel. Saka, Foden, and Bermo, Rashford, and Matoma, and then Haaland and Jesus. So we don't know who the substitutes are there, so I don't actually know how this fits in terms of budget, but um, that's a slightly more of a premium. I suppose you've got two there in Haaland and Trent, and... I guess Jesus is like as cheap as you can get while still kind of half being a premium. So I actually, of the two teams so far, so there's no disrespect to either of them. That that one I prefer. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, that's really strong. Really, really strong. That It's got the double Arsenal attack that you were talking about there. Double City, double Man City, sorry. Um, Rashford and Bermuda. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's It covers a lot of the bargains that we've found so far. And it feels like there's a lot of bargains there this year. And uh, you just cram as many as you can into an 11. Strong defense. Um, and yeah, the flecking in goal. Obviously, we're not going to disagree with that because we've both done the same. <laughs> we're both sat with the, we're on the flecking train or we'll, we'll think of something. Something beginning with F. If anyone can think of a, a group or a bandwagon or a mode of transport beginning with F to be the flecking insert thingy here like the Barnes train or the Grealish bandwagon you know let us know in the comments because we're going to need that because we want to get the flecking movement going so yeah get that in the comments um Lars has said that his substitutes are Martinez uh Canate Casemiro and Kunku so I mean Kunku as a substitute is is quite brave but it's uh nice to see people jumping in on him uh, early Notorious Nerd has said Cash or Botman for the fourth defender slot I think I'd probably go cash here. Um, I've currently got uh, Mings in my team because I quite like the way that the uh, Aston Villa fixtures uh, sit quite flush with the Crystal Palace one. Um, And so it means you can always have a a, a really good fixture for defensive returns out of one of those two. And they did actually play really well uh, defensively, both of those teams. Uh, towards the back end of last season. So I'd probably go cash. Uh, Botman, even the Newcastle fan in the house, is a bit mm, not sure because of those fixtures. We've got some good uh, we've got some good Flecken things here. So we got the we got the um the fl- the Flecken flight crew. I like that one. Uh, from Max. Uh Porth has got but actually Porth and Generic and Adam all came up with the same one simultaneously, which is the Flecken flock. Uh then we've got Freddie going with the Flecken freight train. That one I do like. Um and then Jaden just says, Do you think Flecken starts over Raya? Well, probably not if Raya's still there. So if we if, if Raya could jump on the Flecken freight train and go to a different station, that would be great. Um so yeah, keep those coming. I like some of those and we'll uh yeah. We'll we'll maybe pick one before the end of the stream or perhaps maybe before the start of the season. Um Harvey Edmondson has got another another team here. Sorry, Mark, to keep using you. You know, it it sometimes it can be you know very like oh no someone else wants my opinion so I do appreciate Mark that I'm 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 really hanging out to dry here with these opinions but we've got uh, Flecken, Estupinian, Shaw, Trent, uh, Odegaard, Batoma, Fernandez, Martinelli, Mount, and then Harland and Ferguson with substitutes of uh, Leno, Botman, Gabriel, and Mcatee. What do you think of that one? Yeah, the two the two big ones there are Mason Mount and Evan Ferguson. First of all, we don't entirely know what Ferguson's game time is going to be with the likes of Welbeck and Undav around, but and Jao Pedro now as well. Uh, Mason Mount, so that's double Man United midfield. It's 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 you're not going to see too much of Mount in the in the teams, are you? But he's 
assuming he gets in the starting lineup, he could be a decent differential option for that opener against Wolves. Um, as as we say, Wolves, we just don't know what what we're going to get from them at the start of the season. So yeah, it's uh it's another good team. A couple of differentials there, which is always nice at the start. Um, especially if 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 you are worried about being too template, uh, it's it's a nice way to get an early boost and see if you can maintain that momentum over the season. So yeah, pretty solid. We've got a few more teams coming in now. Yeah, I know. I think I've maybe opened the floodgates for you. I do apologize. <laughs> so I'll take the next one, shall I? Um, we've also got um the the Flecken Flemish Ferry, which is uh different. Um, I'll say um. <laughs> Keep those coming, keep those coming. I do like those. Uh, so let's go with uh, Jai's four-five-one formation now. Thoughts on this? Flecken, Stones, Shaw, Gabriel, and Estupinan. Rashford, Fernandez, and Bermo, Saka, Martinelli, and then Haaland, obviously, is the forward. And then Pickford, Botman, Semenyo, and Visser as the subs. Four-five-one is an interesting formation. I suppose I'm not that surprised to see it because we very much kind of looked at the forward line and gone, uh, yeah, we don't really like it that much. Now... I think my first suggestion would probably be that you do you do want Jesus. Um, if you want to know why and you weren't listening to my little section on Jesus probably about 10 minutes ago, head back and listen to that to save those of you who have already heard it, hearing it twice. I do think he's going to be an important one to own. Because I guess what you have to ask yourself with that 4-5-1, uh, Jay, is what are you really getting out of that fourth defender that you feel that you can't get from a second striker? And I suppose, in effect, you're kind of saying... Stone Shaw Gabriel Stupinan has a higher point ceiling than Gabriel Jesus, who is the centre forward in a team that could have won the league last season. Um, did very, very well when he was fit and has come in at 8 million again. I think he was owned by something like 80% of managers by the time he got injured because he was that much of a good asset last year. I personally feel like you're kind of asking, your, you, you may not realise it yet, but you're kind of asking yourself that question now with the four five one, And personally i just i can't see any of those defenders having as the same level of upside uh, as jesus and those defenders aren't bad i mean you know estupinan finished the season strongly last year and brighton do start the season quite nicely with their fixtures shaw and stones obviously both in my team for example uh, arsenal defense is definitely worth considering because they've got good fixtures again so they're not bad but it's just i think you've just got to ask yourself what could you potentially unlock with that uh, extra striker and it wouldn't be that difficult to get to it if you uh if you'd maybe downgraded one of your uh, defenders to another 4.5 to maybe rotate with uh, Botman, potentially, you could maybe get Visser up to Jesus. Um, so that would be my thoughts there. Uh, Ethan Bell uh, has got... Oh, chat's, uh, the chat is just so full right now that the co- the comments are flying past. It's very difficult to keep track of them all. So um, where's his team gone? I've lost it. I've lost it. I'll have to come back to it. Uh, Sam Brogdon. We've got another one. He's another one on the Flecken Freight train. So Flecken, Trent. Stones, Gabriel, Salah, Bruno, Martinelli, and Bermo, and Ciso, Harland, and Morris. I have to say that's that's a really good team. What do you reckon on that one? He's managed to get Trent, Salah, Bruno, and Harland all in the same team. Yeah, that's uh, that's very. I suppose the sacrifice is having Morris, having a five point five forward as your second one. But yeah, that's that's a very good, strong team. It, it, Oh, and his subs, by the way, are Strakosha. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, right. Sorry. Yes, he's starting Morris here because, yeah, the subs are Strakosha, Bayer, Bell, and Woodrow. So, actually, it's another 4-5-1 in many ways, I think. So, yeah, that's it does look good until you start looking around the edges, I suppose, 
But a good start, though. I mean, the thing is, a lot of these drafts are all really great, aren't they? It's just um, working out the best way. Uh, Tom Angelinetta says, Fleckenistas could be our name. I mean, I, I like it. I, if there was a bit more alliteration in there, I would prefer it. But it's not bad. So thanks for that one. Um, Nuclear Atom's going with the Flecken and the Prey. So well done, guys. I'm, I'm enjoying the creativity here. Um, what else is the Fleck Republic? Oh, Oh, that's so good. I actually think that's my favorite one, and it's not even alliteration. That's so good. That is so. I did. I did. Where, where did that come from? Was that was that the chat or was that one of yours? I just just. Oh, I've, Mark. I've been sitting here pulling faces for two minutes, <laughs> trying to think of one, and that was that was it. Oh, I'm so sorry, chat, but I might end up having to go with my esteemed colleague on this one. That's that's brilliant. If anybody can beat the Fleck Republic, then that, he's laid down the gauntlet, the Golden Glove in many ways. He's thrown it down. Wow. Uh, right, Ref Fortnit has gone with a 4-4-2. Interesting. So Fabianski and Robinson, Zinchenko, Stones, Trent, uh, and then Bruno, Eze, Martinelli and Bermo, Haaland and Jesus. We don't know who the subs are, but that does look like it It does. It would work in terms of who those subs are. Would you make a 4-4-2? Reckon that's going to work this year? Yeah, it's, um, it's bringing back flashbacks because I know my team last season started off with 4-4-2. Harland and Jesus, and it's the same. It's it's, it's kind of it's it's a good balance because it's it's a way to get premiums in, but maybe using a four point five defender rather than a five point five midfielder sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's really good. Eze, we haven't really mentioned him much from uh, Crystal Palace, but he's uh he was rejuvenated under Roy Hodgson, so. And they have Sheffield United on the opening day, so that that could um, be a nice differential for the first for the first weekend. Yeah, four four two. It's it's got a nice balance to it. Do you like it? Yeah, I think four four two is more useful. I think than four five one. Just if we were talking about different formations, because because you got that second striker. Although I still just feel like, to be perfectly honest. I think you've got to play five midfielders this year, which is why I just think three five two is the way to go because there's just so many. I mean, you were saying earlier on about how there's already too many people in the midfield category and, and CISO was very much in, in conversation for Chris as well. We wanted to have him as a striker and then he's a midfielder as well. So your midfield slots are going to get used up super quick. And even in, a, I mean, I like to have a 4.5 million midfielder if I can. I just can't find room for one this year because my fifth midfielder just has to be someone else who's also priced 6.5 who might play out of position. You know, there's just so many good options. That I think you do have to play with five midfielders, which I say as someone who religiously has been a 3-4-3 pretty much my whole FPL career. So I do think this is the year where 3-5-2 is going to be... I, I usually start... In the last couple of years, I start in 3-4-3 almost out of principle and then tend to end up in 3-5-2 a couple of weeks in or maybe after my wildcard. So I think I might as well just accept it now and be a 3-5-2 man from this point. Um, Leo is good, 1-2-3. says, why is formation so important? Depends which players you choose. I mean, that is absolutely right. I suppose why we're debating the formation is because we're, it's a broader conversation about what players are available in which position. And because it's not just about which players are there. It's about what players you don't have who you might want to switch to. So one of the biggest uh, and most important lessons I ever learned uh, in terms of fantasy football uh, over the years was a lesson I actually got from Joe, um, who, you know, when I first joined Scout was it was on Scoutcast. We did the captaincy video and has obviously stuck around and does a lot of videos every week and is, and is really an icon of fantasy football. 
uh, with fantastic career history as well. And he said, when you start a new season, my advice to you is always don't necessarily look at the players, look at the price points and then look at the players because you need to be able to build a team that within two to three weeks time can get to something that's maybe a similar structure to jump on those other bandwagons. And it's the reason why I've never, ever been an advocate of big at the back. Every year somebody comes in and goes, oh, it's time for big at the back. And it always fails because you don't have the versatility to get from that to in game week three, four, when the bandwagons in midfield have happened, you have to do so much surgery to get to that because you've got so much money tied up in three or four defenders all over five and a half million, something like that. And so um, the reason we're talking about formation here really is that we kind of both look at the pool of players in the forward department and we're not that excited. You know, there's only really two or three, four players who we feel like we could, you know... Um, really be set on in the first couple of weeks of the season but we're all scrambling to fit as many midfielders as we can into midfield and a lot of us are thinking hmm fixtures are going to dictate this I mean Madison is one 7.5 million don't really want to own him for the start of the season because I do think Spurs' first two games are quite difficult Brentford away Man United at home but game week three wow that's when they really come on come to light Bournemouth away Burnley away Sheffield United at home and so I need to build a team that's going to allow me to get to Madison in game week three and so therefore having a number of options at seven six point five seven point five to switch without having to bust and break my team that's kind of the thinking there so uh, hopefully that answers your question appreciate that was a bit long-winded uh Leo but you know formation very much helps you move from one game week to the next rather than necessarily have the best team each week um, because having the best team each week is, is going to be now impossible without taking huge hits. So that that's a, a, sort of kind of the thinking there, if that makes sense uh, to people. Um, I've been talking for ages, so I'm going to throw a quick question back to you, Mark. Um, we've got another... Um, we got another team. This is from Nick, who, you know, tell you what, Nick did very well, called cash 4.5 million. That came true. So we will reward Nick by answering this question on his team. So... Um, we've got Flecken, Trent, Shaw, Estupinan, Bruno, Saka, Foden, Eze, Mbermo, Haaland, Jesus with a bench of Strekosha, his man Cash, who uh, he uh, is very proud to have predicted correctly, Botman and Sims. What do you make of that one? Another, oh, the, the amount of teams that have Bruno in there it just sort of made me wonder whether it's best to have him as well because he's, he's such a good asset and everyone else is picking him. It's It's, it's, Strong again. There's no. It's another team without Salah. Um, not seeing many of them in in the my teams. Eze again. I think there's two four point five defenders on the bench there. So if one of them could become a four million, what could you do with that extra half? Um, it would be quite interesting to find out. You know, Eze could become a seven million. Uh, for example, uh, Bruno could become Rashford, but again. Bruno could be the better pick of the two, to be honest. Haaland and Jesus, the more you see it and the more you think about it, the more it feels like that might be the the optimum strike force, doesn't it, really? Um, so, yeah, that's that's an, an, another Flecken, another member of the, the Flecken forces or the Fleck Republic. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, the template is starting to form a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, you make a good point, actually. I hadn't really realised until you said it there that there is a lot of love for Bruno. I'm seeing Bruno in more teams than Rashford, which I quite like because, you know, I think yesterday when uh, everything was... I, I was like, there's a lot of people going, I think Rashford 
Um, and then I was like, let's not rule out Bruno. His stats look really good for the end of last season. You know, he was the top creator in the Premier League between game weeks 27 and 38. Loads of big chances created, got more assist potential than Rashford and he's cheaper. Could be on penalties as well. And I think a lot of people have probably been forced into that because they've gone, I want Rashford, but actually... Fernandez isn't that much of a downgrade, and I need 0.5 to get this player, get that player. Um, so yeah, I feel quite happy with, uh, yeah, with with Bruno. Now I'm seeing him in a lot of other places. Um, we've got uh, just back, just going back to the question about structure. Uh, Mateus has said Foden uh, to Madison, uh, and then I don't know if he's tried to say etc. because he's put ez, and I don't know if that's a typo or unless he means eze. Uh, I don't really know what the question is there, uh, Mateo. So just let us know if there's more specifics to what you're trying to say. But I'm going to use your question, your comment anyway, as just another example of what I was talking about earlier in terms of building a structure that you feel like you can move from one game week to the next uh, without having to do too much surgery to your team. And so, yeah, Foden, um, Man City start really nicely. Burnley away, Newcastle at home, Sheffield United away, and then moving towards Madison, um, when the you know City are going to have some more involvement in Europe coming up, maybe some more rotation uh, as Spurs' fixtures get really nice, and of course they're not playing in Europe, um, you know, famously. That that's the sort of thing we're talking about here. You know, you could get Foden at the start as like, do you know what? I'm going to go for him because if he starts the season really well, big green arrow, nice differential, and then when the rotation starts to kick in, it's a placeholder ready for Madison to come in as well. So. Yeah, unless, oh, actually, Nort FM said maybe when he said EZ, he meant easy. Which, yeah, that's a good point. That's an easy switch. So, yeah, that's um, another useful one there. Um, I tell you what, we, um, we we have been streaming a lot today, uh, me and Mark especially. I think we've racked up probably about four hours now of, of streaming time in the last couple of days. So we'll take, I think, two more Rate My Teams, uh, and then we'll probably uh, call it a day for the evening just to let people know. So... Um, Chuck your teams in, and we will pick them at random, so apologies. If you want more from us, you can find us on Twitter as well. I'm at DavidMonday815. We've also got Mark as FPL, Mark Jobling as well. If you want to you know, send us your teams on there, I appreciate I'm speaking for Mark here. You might not want all the attention on there. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, send me a team as well. I'm happy to, to have a chat with you uh, outside of this stream if we don't have time for you, because I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been a busy day. Uh, and you might want to get some feedback. So yeah, we'll take we'll take two more. We'll do one more each. So we'll 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 give one to you, Mark. We'll give you uh, Davy Fisher's team, four five one. So it's better off that you take this one rather than me. Um, Pickford in goal. Reese James, John Stones, Estupinian, Fafana, Saka, Salah, Madison, and Burmo, Rashford, and Harland. Is that Fafana? Is that? Wesley, I would imagine so. Yes, he's listed him among the defenders. Yeah. All right. Well, um, at Chelsea. Yeah, it's it's, it's a team with Salah in, um, Madison. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing with Madison. I think a lot of us are probably excited about him as a FPL player, but the question is, is is it from game week one or do we wait a little bit? Um, and in which case, just make sure you have. The price point covered, whether it's via Foden or, or someone else. So that that's um it's a strong midfield. There is Rashford rather than Fernandez, which is fair enough. It's a it's a tough call that. Double Chelsea defense is risky, especially with Liverpool on the opening day and knowing what Chelsea were like last season. But it could it could pay off. Pickford and goal. Yeah, Evans' fixtures are strong, and a four point five goalkeeper is probably the 
the best way to do things. And yeah, it's it's a good team. There's there's one Arsenal player in there, Saka. Um, I think compared to last year, where Saka was a couple of million more than Odegaard and Martinelli, he had penalties, but he was also a lot more money. Now they're a bit closer in value. And he's still on penalties. So, if anything, I would say that makes Saka the standout Arsenal option. Although, having said that, that that was before Martinelli came in at eight million. That was a big game changer for me. I have to say, I with Plan FPL, eight point five exactly. Yeah, with with Plan FPL, I I, I that, that's that's where I made a lot of my savings. Uh, was with the goalkeeper situation and the point five on on Martinelli could be huge because I, I do think he's he's got every right to be in the same conversation as those guys in terms of output. So that point five saving is is, is really good. Um, I'm gonna look at one more team in a minute, uh, but before I do that, I just want to remind everybody um, that it is not too late to uh, make sure that you hit the uh, like button on this video. Uh, as Nuclear Atoms pointed out in the chat, this is our second stream of the day. Uh, we spent a lot of time waiting around for this one to actually happen because we're waiting for the game. To to launch and we do apologize we were hoping to bring you sam bonfield as well um we uh we were three of us sat in a zoom waiting for the game to launch and yeah it didn't come in time for us to capture sam so we uh we will bring you her uh team and her reaction to launch later in the week uh, i do promise you uh but yeah it's been a busy day so uh if you are feeling in a in a giving mood um do like the video and subscribe it would cost you a thing to do that so absolutely free to do that and just helps us know uh, that you like the content and we can keep making uh, content like this so that we know you like it. And of course, don't forget to hit that bell notification as well. That's when you will be told by YouTube that there is more content for you to check out. We're going to have so much in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have team reveals uh, for all of our different pro pundits across the course of the campaign, which also includes last year's winner, Ali Guns, who uh, finished yep number one in the whole world. But the season before that finished 215th as well. So this isn't just some one-time Charlie who just won the league. The whole thing accidentally. So guy knows what he's talking about. And he's uh, among the pro pundits this year. We're hoping to bring you his team, uh, his first Game Week 1 draft later in the week. So make sure you check out that as well. Uh, we're going to go into some minute levels of detail. It wouldn't really be Fantasy Football Scouts YouTube channel without us going in really close and zooming in as close as we possibly can to the numbers. We're going to look at the best 4 million defenders. We're going to look at the best premium defenders. We're going to compare Trent with all the other Liverpool defenders to see if he's definitely worth paying the money. We're going to break down all the Arsenal midfielders and attackers to work out which one of those is going to offer the best uh, value as well. Um, we'll do that with a number of other clubs where it's a little bit of a 50-50 call between some of their players. We're going to break all of that down. So keep uh, keep your eyes peeled. Stay tuned for that. You absolutely will um, benefit from having that bell notification turn on because you won't miss a thing so that's all of the fluff out of the way i'm going to have a look now at one last team and then we're going to call it an evening because i don't know about you mark but my tummy is rumbling like the uh you know the elland road home crowd oh it's uh yeah it's roaring it's roaring so let's go with ronald mcdonald he's put his team in the chat so um yeah you love to see it i'm loving Your it stomach is rumbling so that's probably that's probably who you would want to hear from. Absolutely. Yeah, so Ronald, if uh, if you can send me over a hamburger and maybe the wrap of the day once I've looked at your team, that'd be great. So uh, no one in the bank. Uh, we've got um, uh, we've got Verbruggen in goal with Forster on the bench. Then uh, Trent, Shaw, Gabriel, Mings and Bayer on the bench. So we've got four at the back. Salah, Martinelli, Matoma and March. Uh, Anderson on the bench. So this is a 4-4-2. 
Uh, and then Haaland captain and Jesus with Woodrow on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, forward line's looking great. It's exactly the same as me. So Haaland and Jesus um, looks very good. Uh, Ronald's already said we get free Big Macs on him. So yeah, cheers, Ron. Love that. Um, and yeah, I love your forward line. It's very similar to mine. Jesus, I think Jesus and Martinelli is really good. If you missed what I was saying earlier, I do think you have to double down on those Arsenal attacking fixtures at the start of the season. They look really, really nice. Um, then in terms of the rest of the team, Matoma in March is probably overkill, if I'm honest, in terms of the Brighton attack. When you look at the fixtures for Brighton, they do look nice to begin with, but there is a, there is a clear stepping off point. I think, because in terms of what I've done with my team, I'm looking at having Gross as a placeholder to maybe switch uh, to a Spurs midfielder in game week three or four, probably Madison. Uh, Because, yeah, Brighton, they start at home to Luton, away to Wolves, at home to West Ham, but then they've got Newcastle at home and Man United away game week five. And so there's two game weeks in a row which are challenging, I would say, for their attackers. Uh, At the same time, you know, you've got a fixture swing for Spurs. You've got a fixture swing for Chelsea as well. And so, you know, Mudrick is 6'5", Sterling is 7 million. So I think you want to have one, knowing that you're probably going to be selling them after three weeks, I would say. Um, Alternatively, you could just switch March to Mudrick or maybe you could switch March, save a bit of money somewhere and switch March to Sterling. And you've already got the, the Chelsea fixture swing. And you're just looking at the Spurs one. Um, I mean, the, th- the fact that this team looks as good as it does is still impressive, though, because you have got Salah, you've got Haaland, you've got Jesus, and you've got Trent. So you've, you've, it's, a, it's a formium, I would say. But it doesn't look awful outside of that because the price points are actually very well done. Um, you know, Matoma and March, as I said, is I think is overkill only in the sense of who you've chosen. But there are other players in the same price point who are still, I think, must have. So actually, I've not mentioned Mbermo. Maybe Mbermo is who you go for for your second of your 6.5s. Then the defence, you've got Trent in as well, which, I, I mean, my personal opinion is that he's going to be he's going to be worth his salt this year. And at the very least, if he fails, you've got him already, so you can move away from him much easier to get away from Trent than it will be to get towards him. Um, you've got Mings as well. Uh, so you've got one of those 4.5s, I think, fits in a nice uh, rotation. Uh, Bayer. I think, yeah, four million defenders worth owning. I think when Burnley are at home this season, they're going to keep some clean sheets because they're very good at keeping the ball against the lesser teams. So, yeah, I like that. It's a good team. It's a good team. Some tweaks, perhaps, but I think all our teams need that right now. You know, by no stretches are any of my drafts perfect yet, and uh, that's going to be the case for the next few months. So, yeah. Well, with that, thank you, everybody, who's joined us today, both on this stream and the one before. Um, keep your questions coming uh, in the streams that we've got uh, throughout the week. There's going to be loads of content. If you, you know, desperately, desperately want to hear our opinion uh, on your teams, then yeah, you can you can reach us on on Twitter. But also, of course, you can go to Fantasy Football Scout as well and create an account there and jump on the message boards as well, the comment section there. You are going to have some fantastic discussions there with some really like-minded people who can offer a lot of insight. So that is probably one last segue for me to also advertise membership at Scout in full because. Going into the comment section is a benefit you'll get from the free package, but there's lots of different packages you can get which give you a number of different benefits. I've got the season ticker on the screen right now. A very useful interactive tool that helps you realize who's got the best fixtures for the next six game weeks and maybe when you need to play your wildcard and when maybe when you need to sell this guy. It's very, very useful. Tables, comparisons, the lot. There's all sorts of stuff. Go to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk, have a look at the members' benefits and pick the package that's right for you. And uh, you will very much be finding yourself in a position to win your FPL mini leagues and get ahead of your mates, I can assure you. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Mark for his goodbye, which um, might be as long as mine. I don't know. And which is not me inviting you to do it quickly, but I'm just sort of making the point that 
I've said goodbye so many times here and I'm still talking. So my apologies. Over to you, Mark. <laughs> oh, I think I think you've actually muted yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> the stream has ended in uh, in in chaotic fashion. Perfect way to end. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it brief then, even briefer now. Um, just thanks very much for watching and keep drafting. And goodbye. Amazing stuff. He tried to do it as briefly as possible compared to me by just saying nothing by virtue of muting yourself. So well done. Uh, but yes, with that, I'll leave you fine folks to enjoy your first evening of drafting. And we will see you very shortly as we bring you more content ahead of the new season. Bye, everybody.